as you said, I mean, it's horrible. It's traumatizing. It it really it it for the person who um, has to live through it. You know, the person who is um, the recipients of it, 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 it's like an earthquake and then there's aftershocks and, you know, it really does rock your world. Um, however, this week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how to rebuild trust after an affair. On a side note, there's a little jitter that goes on in the very beginning of this episode, but it quickly uh clears up so bear with it we tried to fix it it was the best we could do so thank you so much for your patience it's hot outside which is a perfect time to light the barbecue and crack open the wine that's right pairing the right wine with the right grilled item is great for example zinfandel is fantastic with sausage while a malbec hits the spot for burgers sounds fun right Then head over to hitchmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and learn more about our awesome wine club. By the way, the Wine Club also makes a fantastic anniversary gift. Prepaid gift options for 3, 6, and 12 months are available. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. Uh, we have a interesting topic, and this is actually something that gets uh, uh, quite a bit of traffic on our website, people looking for answers to this. So I thought it was about time that we brought it up, um, although I know we've talked about this in some regard in the past, but uh, we're going to focus exclusively today on how you can work, at least, on rebuilding trust after an affair has taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think there's an affair going on or you're you're insecure or anything like that, we have talked about those things in the past. Go to the podcast page on hitchmag.com. We have articles on that stuff in our archives, so check that out. Uh, but today we're going to talk about rebuilding trust after the affair. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that there's probably nothing that will shake the core of marriage more than infidelity. Um, th- and I want to focus on this aftermath. And you have, uh, let's just say that you have confronted your spouse mm-hmm. and they tell you that it's over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Now what? <laughs> okay. So before we get into it, I want to I want to make a comment. So you say, you, you know, there's so many people searching for this. And unfortunately, this happens a lot. And many people have sat in my office. I seem to have gotten a specialty in this. I have a lot of, lot of couples that I work with on this. Um, and very often, and for the sake of argument, though certainly women have affairs, the majority of the time it's men, but many women will sit in my office and say, I never thought that I would find myself in this situation. And I certainly never thought that I would be in a situation where I would actually look to make things better. And so the first thing that I want people to know is that um, it's very upsetting, obviously, if this happens. And um, you're absolutely right. It, you know, just totally rocks the foundation of the marriage as far as trust. But um, don't judge somebody else if they, you know, are working on it because 
if, you know, unfortunately it happens to you, you may find yourself in the exact same situation that you find yourself wanting to fix things up. Um, and the good news is that marriages can be healed from this. So I want to start with that comment. I want to, you know, start with um, people being willing to listen to what we're going to say, because in fact, things can uh, be turned around. Okay. okay. So when you say you've you know, you're, you've confronted your spouse and they said that it's over now, what? So, you know, certainly there are huge amounts of books written on this. Um, you, you know, there's podcasts like we're doing whatever. In my opinion, I think that you really need to get some professional help with this. And I would say that when you're looking for professional help, um, you should do a little shopping and you should be making sure that the person you're working with is somebody who has experience working with affairs and helping you rebuild trust, you know, has a specialty in, in this kind of uh, situation. Okay. Um, and and that, that, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is that there are some therapists out there who uh, will work to help mend the marriage and relationship and there are others who look out for the individual and say you know what you need to get out of this right not right. that not that there aren't situations where somebody should get out of it should mm -hmm. get out of it but uh there are pro marriage therapists and there are others who uh are not so pro marriage let's say that is correct that is correct okay and so the attitude has to be that you know a marriage can be healed from this and then have tools to help the couple rebuild trust. Um, and, and there are tools. Now, I'm not going to say that the methods I use are the only ones. And as a matter of fact, I don't do cookie cutter. There are certain times where based on who the particular couple is, I will deviate from what I do. But um, there, to me, there are certain things I do that help to rebuild the trust. Um, and it's got to be really a joint effort. It can't be like, well, it's over, I admitted it, and now let's just move on. Um, there's been a huge, devastating hurt, and um, there really has to be a healing process in order for, you know, the relationship to be mended so that, you know, the trust can be rebuilt. Okay. And so what, uh, what can you do if you just can't seem to regain that trust after the confrontation has taken place and a okay. little bit of time has passed. Okay. Well, you, time alone is not going to help. Okay. So there's got to be very specific tools. So again, um, I am not trying to toot my own horn and say that what I do is the best, um, but let me offer a couple of things that I do so that people can get an idea of the kinds of things that can be done. Um, so, you know, what is trust? Trust is based on feeling like you can rely on your mate, what your mate is telling you, and that they're consistent. So one of the things that um, I do is I say, okay, and again, let me just talk stereotypically now, that if the male is the one who did the betrayal, mm -hmm. that he has to be willing to have his phone at the woman's disposal because probably um, he's been hiding his phone, he's been erasing his texts. So the phone and phone records have to be available to the mate so that they can really see what's going on. Um, if 
they get if in fact the affair is over um there's a good chance that they're still going to get communication from the other person they have to be able to tell their mate you know i got a text from you know the other person um very often what i hear is well i didn't tell my mate because i didn't respond and i didn't want to upset her Mm -hmm. and consistently the mate will say it is upsetting me more that you're withholding information even though I might get upset that she contacted you, I would rather know it, you know, because at least that showing that we are a team, that you're working to help me, you know, know what's going on and please let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the- and at this point, I'm, I'm assuming the the wife in this scenario should not then try to contact that person and say, leave my spouse alone. Um, I don't I. I there are certain circumstances where maybe I would suggest that, but basically you don't want to give um, any kind of fuel to this other person. The best strategy is to ignore the two of you as a team to Mm -hmm. ignore that sends a much clearer message. You know, any kind of communication, even negative communication is still attention. And Mm -hmm. so that leaves a doorway that's open. So So really you would, if they contact you, you just say, uh, something to the effect of this is over. I'm, uh, you know, don't contact me again and then never reply. That's correct. That's correct. After that point. That's correct. Okay. Um, then um, the spouse who's been hurt may want to know where you are, your comings and goings, may want to call you. Um, you've got to be willing to do that. Now, what a lot of men will say is, you know, I don't want to feel like a little boy. I don't want to feel like she's my mommy and she's controlling me. And I understand that that's an uncomfortable feeling. But again, you created a situation where she doesn't trust you. So you have to help rebuild that trust. And at least for a while, you've got to be willing to be accountable so that she knows, okay, you are where you are say you are and you are doing what you're saying you're doing so she knows that she can start to feel comfortable that you know um you are in fact being truthful and those are the kinds of things that will help to rebuild trust okay so it's kind of like after you've kind of broken some rules or broken the law you go you go on probation for a time where you have to do things Mm -hmm. that other people don't because you have broken the rules and therefore you have to prove yourself by showing your destination locations or opening up your text messages if asked right. or some whatever right. else right. makes your spouse feel right. safe. Right. Now, I do something where I have, again, we're going to talk stereotypically, the sure. female discuss in very small pieces what she is, what has she's been experiencing it. And then the male puts it in his own words and gives it back to her Mm -hmm. and she then has the opportunity to say yes that's right or no that's not right and it might not be right because either he didn't get the essence of what she was saying or maybe she didn't phrase it properly this is a process that takes a while but the purpose of it is that he's really hearing her experience and she now feels like okay he's got it he really understands the kind of pain and devastation that I've been feeling. Um, I see a lot of men tear up during this experience Mm -hmm. because they really get the kind of pain that she's in. Um, And it ends up being very, very healing. I will also tell you that this is a very difficult 
exercise and a lot of men cannot tolerate it because they really are very sensitive and they're in so much pain listening to the woman's pain that they don't want to go through it. This is just anecdotal. I have no studies on this. Sure. I find that the men who can tolerate this and go through this experience, those couples seem to have a much better um, uh, consequence of, of doing well with each other down the road mm. because he really understands it and she really feels like, okay, you know, he does understand what he's put me through. Then after that, he apologizes. I, I coach him on how to apologize. Then he gets a chance to talk about his experience. In my view, now I'm not talking about players, mm -hmm. okay? I'm not talking about players, but in my view, when an affair occurs, it is often symptomatic of something that was difficult. Now, I'm not blaming the woman. Sure. I don't want women to say, oh, it was, she's telling me it was my fault, I caused this. It could be symptomatic of some horrible stress that was going on. Um, and it was, I went to um, a session several years ago where somebody who's really an expert in this field said, look at what was going on in the couple's lives about two years previous to the beginning of the affair. And very often, that's really what the problem was. So it may not be anything particular to what the woman has done or even the marriage, mm -hmm. but very often that's where the difficulty started. So after we, so now he talks about what his experience has been like and what he's been going through, and she has to do the same thing. Now, during this period, there's no questioning, there's no explanation. It is purely paraphrasing so that you are really understanding what your partner's experience has been like. Then I do an exercise where there is a letter of apology and also talking about, we look at if there are certain things that um, led up to it as far as triggers and making a promise that if those situations occur, you'll let your mate know that they're occurring so that they can help you and it won't uh, set you up again. Um, and as I said, this takes a very long time. When we're all done with that, then we look for how the marriage can improve because mm -hmm. it's not enough just to heal from the trust. Then we look at how the marriage can heal. Because what you were just saying is that the couples that are able to go through all this process are often better in the future. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, we've again, we've talked about this in the past. It's because... Uh, as you were just saying, you know, look at the two years prior, they will look at the two years prior at some point in time and say, oh, this is why. And now they have a new tool set where they can open Correct. up and discuss that stuff before Correct. it pushes them into this vulnerable place where they make poor decisions. Right, right. Um, a question that I do have is at some point uh, – People in marriages are intimate, and at some point, this couple is going to want to get intimate again. Mm -hmm. um, how, you know, the spouse who has been cheated on needs to feel safe. Mm -hmm. How would they go about telling their spouse that they want them tested for some sort mm -hmm. of STI or STD, um, just broadly? Because, listen, we were safe. Uh, up mm -hmm. to this point and now there is a variable <laughs> right. in our sex life and I would like that checked and even if the spouse took all proper precautions mm -hmm. um, and they think it's ridiculous how does that conversation go down? Matter of factly just the way you said it 
Okay. You know, maybe you think that this is, you know, there's no need for this or that I'm being crazy or, you know, paranoid, but you have brought, you know, an outside factor into the safety of our marriage and I would like this tested. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we know that all the stuff that we've been talking about is is difficult. There's mm-hmm. nothing easy about any of this stuff because we're asking people to go into the deepest, darkest parts of their relationships. Um, and sometimes there are hiccups that come along the way. And uh, and sometimes they're real and sometimes they're imaginary. So what right. if you, a breach has happened, you have confronted it, you're on your path to recovery, but now you're getting that feeling in your gut that the, your spouse is cheating again. Mm-hmm. Does that change uh, how you approach your spouse or what you discuss or how you talk to them or anything of that nature? Well, I'm going to broaden the question. Okay. First of all, one of the things I tell all my couples is to expect the unexpected. I can't tell them what it's going to be, but I can tell them that there's going to be a bunch of triggers that are going to set them off. Mm. And we, I don't know when and I don't know what it's going to be. So, for instance, you could be walking down the street and the name of the person who your mate cheated with is all of a sudden the name of a restaurant and that's going to trigger you. Or you're watching a TV show uh, about the animal kingdom and then all of a sudden they're talking about that this particular animal is the kind that has affairs with other animals and that's going to trigger it. And we talk about how to handle those things. So it is very likely that there are going to be thoughts that are going to occur that all of a sudden will make you, you know, feel insecure. Um where I thought you were going with that last question about intimacy is while you're being intimate, all of a sudden thoughts start to mm. occur to you about like the other person or, you know, what was it like for them, whatever. So you have to expect that those things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to do is again to say, you know, I know we've been working and I know, you know, we both want to make things better, but I'm having these feelings mm-hmm. and, you know, we need to talk about them. And so you've got to talk about them. Okay. Um, and again, it's going to take patience and tolerance and not frustration on the part of the betrayer, but to, to understand, listen, you brought this into the marriage. And so you've got to try to be understanding. And, you know, I've seen some men who say, it's enough already. How long are you going to carry on? You know, I said it was over. Let's just move on. And that's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So instead, when those feelings of distrust come up or when those, you know, concerns come up, basically what you have to say is, I am so sorry that I put us into this position and be willing to be understanding to the basic underlying feelings of insecurity. So you have to, I mean, really, you have to like suck it up and yeah. and, and really be humble about the situation because yes. it's your fault that you're there. Yeah. Um, and you know, to your point about all these different triggers, I would imagine that it's almost like being a victim of a particular crime where you just become super sensitive to everything yes. around you. Yeah, that this is, is a major trauma. Yeah, a trauma. That's that exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything, uh, you're on high alert at all times now, and yes. everything and anything could be the thing that sets it off. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes a lot of yes. sense. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you just mentioned that this is going to be a lot of work and it's going to take some time. And I realize that there is no magic number, but I'm sure, particularly for those listening who may have been the one who uh, had the affair, and to your point, like they're just like, how long is this going to go on? Is there a time frame that you maybe anecdotally at least see that, you know, it typically takes at least, you know, X amount of time for couples to start turning a corner or, or showing signs of regaining of trust? You know, I wish I could say there was, there's a lot of different factors. So Mm -hmm. one factor is how, um, available, shall we say, is the betrayer as far as this understanding and, you know, being remorseful and really trying to be available and help the person heal. Another factor is let's say that the person who is hurt has trust issues from their childhood. That's going to take a lot longer because Mm -hmm. it's going to be bringing up all those issues from the past as well. Um, So I really can't say, but what I would say is that in an optimal situation, there's no issues from the past, everything was really good, this was really a mistake, the affair ended, the person, you know, came to them, it wasn't like they got found out by accident and it would have still continued had they not been found out, it's obviously going to be a lot quicker. Um, what, what happens is it's a process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, imagine... A really really cloudy day and it's going to be cloudy for a long time and then there's like a ray of sunshine and then with time it gets better and better and better and I remember one of the first couples I helped with this where I said to her you know in time it really will get better she wrote to me several years later and she said you know Karen it's it's just what you said at this point it really is something I hardly ever think about you know it took a while but it really is like a non-issue at this point. Um, so with time and with work, it does get better. But initially, it's going to be all-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be what is the main thing that's going on in your lives. Uh, but again, the more that the betrayer can own it and really work to help the other person by being understanding, the faster the process will go. Okay. And is there uh, any kind of parting advice that you would like to give couples as they try to move forward in their relationship? Well, you know, basically what I said in the beginning, um, which is people absolutely, couples absolutely can get past this. Their marriages can be stronger. You know, there's a couple of books. uh, There's a book, I forgot who wrote it, um, I think Birch was her last name, about my husband's affair is the best thing that ever happened to our marriage. Um, And that, um, you know, you obviously have work to do, but it's almost like this is the pimple that finally, you know, gets popped to show that there are things that needed to be worked on. So it, you know, not while you're in the midst of it, but eventually you look back and you say, wow, you know, it's really a good thing that this happened because otherwise we might not have learned these tools or learned, you know, the kinds of things that needed attending to. Um, Because often you hear of couples who essentially are married for four or five decades and they've been miserable for four or five decades. Right. Whereas something like this, not that, you know, anybody wishes to have this happen to them, but this forces the issues to be brought up front and to be discussed. Whereas 
you know, without it, it may not have ever happened and you guys exactly. just live miserable lives. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, as you said, I mean, it's horrible. It's traumatizing. It it really, it, it for the person who um, has to live through, you know, the person who is um, the recipient of it, 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 it's like an earthquake and then there's aftershocks and, you know, it really does rock your world. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um when you get through it and again you can get through it um things really can be significantly better okay and obviously we've we've you know a lot of what we talk about and do through hitched is uh preventive maintenance so you don't ever find yourself in this situation so uh, maybe as a reminder if you have you know you know you can't always know what kind of trauma is right in front of you but if you are entering a situation where you know it's going to be more stressful or something like that um remember to look inward toward your marriage i would say uh Mm -hmm. for for strength and support as opposed to outward (laughs) yeah yeah because that's where a lot of couples get in trouble yeah here's something i do want to add you know when we talk about infidelity we immediately think about another person but there's also financial infidelity Mm. and that can have the same devastating kinds of effects because Uh, it's because it's a trust issue sure absolutely you know where somebody thinks oh you know my husband has been taking care of all the bills and we're fine and blah 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 and then you come to find out that they have been using up all their money on online gambling yeah and they used up the 401k um, and they haven't said anything about it. So there's different types of infidelity, and they are as devastating. You know, it's not as much of an e- as an ego hurt because it's not another person. Because with with another person comes the whole thing of you know, am I not as pretty? Am I not mm. as desirable? You know, that kind of piece. But the when trust is broken whether it be over another person or whether it be about what the finances are getting paid, it is devastating to the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that it's perhaps even more difficult to understand because it's a more nebulous topic. Uh, As you were saying, you know, am I not pretty enough or am I not doing enough parenting work? You know, if you're the, whatever the situation is, whereas if it's money, it's, I don't, you know, it's a lot more difficult to kind of understand that, particularly if it seems to come out of nowhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I think we did a pretty good job of, of helping couples move forward after. I hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, as, as Karen pointed out at the top, stick with it. Uh, there, there is light at the end of the tunnel. This is something. Affairs are something. Breaches of trust are things that can be overcome, but it will take your time and effort and 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 work. Frankly, um, so stick with it. There is there, one day you will wake up and there will be that ray of sunshine going through the clouds, as Karen pointed out. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. I'm glad that we covered this. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Karen has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. 
And in just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue and tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. And of course, you can get this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, you can follow us on the social media platforms, uh, you know, the big ones, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Tumblr, etc., etc. And uh, and if you like what you're listening to, if you like the podcast, let us know. Give us a comment or a rating or something along those lines that just uh, reinforces how you feel about it and will help improve it for our sake as well as uh, help others out there who are looking for good information know that we are a place that provides it so one last time thank you so much karen thank you steve all right that's gonna do it everybody take care are you ready we look into each other's eyes we know that it shows